Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. You got Massey and you got Mike. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Isn't this awesome, dude? <laughs> and here we are, coming back to you live. This is our first time actually doing a live podcast, and what we're excited about is, is all this technology I'm running off of this iPad, which is incredible to me. And so, uh, really, what we're trying to do is just kind of catch up with the times, and we really want to see... Uh, how this all works and so this is like i said our first one uh and it's going to keep us on our toes because there's a lot of times where we want to edit things out we just can't do that anymore and so uh you know i'm going to leave it up to mike he's going to explain a little bit more yeah so our goal with this is really to kind of take the next step on this stuff and this way we can have immediate feedback with you guys immediate interaction so if you have questions you have comments you have concerns please post them can't guarantee we'll get to them but we'll do our best um, and this is also exciting because we can edit down or, or shorten the editing process. So now what we're doing, instead of having four or five days of having to go through edits and, and get stuff ready and put it up there and, and then load it up to different platforms, we can do this right now. And the beauty of that, guys, is we can come out much quicker with content for you. We can cover topics that we normally wouldn't cover just because they're probably not going to be important in four or five days. But at the same time, we want to be able to give you the constitutional answers to this stuff. We want to give you the biblical answers to this stuff. We want to show how does the Constitution, how does the Bible, how does Christ fit into each and every day exactly of it. our lives? That's exactly it. And to be honest with you, like the, even this title today, the church, is it a spiritual hospital or is it civilly disobedient? I mean, there's a lot of ways we can go with this, right? Like this, this whole topic is tough because we see a lot of churches, even during this pandemic, and I'm, and I'm quote, I'm not, again, we'll say this publicly. We're not saying that the virus doesn't exist. We're not saying any of that stuff to me personally. And again, if you read the beginning, there's a little disclaimer, all these views reflect us. Okay. And yep. nobody else. This is my viewpoint. Okay. The numbers don't reflect a pandemic to me. They just don't. Exactly. And, and so to me with a 98% survival rate, why are we tripping about a cure? You know, I understand People are dying and all those things, but like we're really figuring out like these quarantines and all this stuff. What does a church do and what's its response in the middle of all this, right? And so that's kind of where we're we're coming from on this. And guys, if you guys comment on here, let us know uh, what you guys want to do and, and how you guys want to interact with us uh, and let us know that. So um, we're going to start off this way. What's the role of the church? Now, the reason why I'm doing this, because I got a phone call yesterday from a guy saying basically he thinks it's wrong that churches are still able to congregate during this. Um, you know, and, 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 and I get what he's saying. He's saying that, that, you know, churches are a place that could spread this virus. And I'm not trying to be reactionary. I'm going to go take this up a another level, but I'm just explaining where I'm at right now in thought. And Mike will kind of help us too uh, it, with, with, with all this because he actually came up with this topic and I think it was great. But I got a call yesterday saying he thinks it's wrong that churches are going live and, and, and not going online. And I asked him, I said, can you provide for me the numbers of how to justify that? He said, well, there's articles out there that say that the churches are to, are, blame. The, are to blame for it, right? And so I said, you're telling me that a church that meets for, what, two hours a week? Not the Walmart that's open seven days a week, 14 hours a day. Not, not, not the Publix that's open seven days a week, 14 hours a day. Not anything else. It's the, the church that's the problem. No. When the church has the spirit of God, the church has the power to overcome, the church has the power to heal, all these things. This is what I don't understand, and this is why it's so difficult and frustrating to talk about this, because I mentioned to him, I said, you know, if people are sick, they're supposed to call on the elders in Scripture. And you know what he said to me? That's spiritual manipulation. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative about the guy. He's got his opinion. 
But I kept telling him, he kept telling me it, it, it'd be wrong, it'd be wrong, it'd be wrong. And I'm like, well, what gives you the right to say that? Like, if I think it's right, why do you think it's wrong and who's right? Yeah. Right. And so we're going to talk about the, the, the conscience and how that all works uh, in the season. And we've got kind of two different modes going on here. So we've got the church's response in a crisis or a pandemic. You, let's let's put it on the face and say that this crisis is a pandemic. This is a very big deal. Whether or not you believe the statistics or not, that doesn't really matter because how people are reacting is really what matters. Um, so you've got that side of how does the church respond? And then the other side of is the church allowed to meet during these things? Or is the church supposed to listen to the the state orders to not meet, to to separate themselves off and, and not come to worship. Um, and I think the most important thing is to really start off with what the church's role is in a society. Right. And I, I want to point this out because you and I were talking about this a little bit. Uh, there's a hospital for physical health. Right. And that's what we're worried about right now is physical health. Right, right. The church, hence the title, is a spiritual hospital an emotional hospital, a mental hospital per se. And so you've, you've got to look at it and decide, is the church still doing a service that is necessary and essential for the good of the people? Right. And, you know, again, why is it that the governor can say, especially in Florida, that churches and religious uh, uh, meetings are essential, right? Yeah. But for some reason, not that we have to go to the church anymore. You brought up this point yesterday. We were talking about this. When I brought up these articles that this guy was talking about, about the church spreading disease, you, you, you said you brought up these, where, where they came them. from. Yeah. Can you tell me where they came from? Uh, the Atlantic and I believe the New York Times. So, so two liberally bent newspapers, mm -hmm. right? And why is it that now during a pandemic, we get what we need rather than what we need? You know what I mean? The yeah. tangible. You brought that point up yesterday. Why is it that we're going after what we need instead of what we need? Um, for, for some reason, we think that closing the church is going to help the issue when if you have the spirit of God in you, dude, Jesus even told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Healing those and, and, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy yeah. Spirit, healing those that are sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, right? And he said, I'll send you to go do that. Go make disciples. Well, I mean, look, what we want to say is not that this is right or wrong that you close your church. But why is it that there's division that you close or open your church? Yeah. Right. The bottom line is we all have a conscience. And I think that's where we got to start. If a person has the conscience to open his church during a pandemic, isn't that on his conscience for you to say that he's irresponsible is actually wrong? Because how do you know that's not what God told him to do here? What's the difference between a guy opening his church in a pandemic than a missionary going to Iraq where they're hostile against Christians or Muslim countries? I should say yeah. I'm not Iraq's not hostile against Christians. Well, not that I know of, but Muslim countries that are hostile towards Christian. What's the difference between a, a, a missionary going to a foreign country where they're hostile towards his religion or her religion, but not opening a church during a pandemic? And and I want to I want to clarify that a little bit, because some people might say, well, it's completely different. Well, not necessarily, because if you're going to plant a church, you're going to create Christians in that church. It is very dangerous for somebody to be a Christian in a Muslim majority country. So you really are increasing the danger for those people. So when we say, no, don't don't make Christians in a Muslim war-torn country. Just don't do it. It's not safe for anybody involved because you're actually putting those people more at risk when they're sitting in the church. That's exactly right. So 
there there is some comparison in that and i'm glad you brought it up that way the thing is when we look at the church and we look at what the church is supposed to be doing the church is supposed to be a spiritual hospital and what, what exactly what concerns me are Christians who are pointing their fingers at the churches that are staying open and saying, you're putting people li- people's lives at risk. Well, do you care more about the call of God and the call of, of what you're supposed to do for the kingdom? Or do you care more about what the government has told you to do that's exactly in separating it. yourself out? That's exactly right. I think that's that has to be the issue here at the forefront. Not that anybody's wrong. Is who? What are you listening to and who are you listening to? Are you listening to the fact that God made you a pastor so you love your people enough to say, hey, I'm going to close the doors because yeah. I feel like that's the safest ba- way to go? Hey. But the other pastor who says, hey, I'm going to keep my church doors open, right? He listened to the same Holy Spirit because his calling is different than yours, that you're going to condemn the guy yeah. for leaving his doors open. Do you know what I mean? Right? And and Or are you listening to the government and does the government dictate both de- decisions? Oh my gosh, the government said we got to close the doors. Let's close the doors because of fear. Or you're saying, man, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to keep my doors open because the government said I shouldn't, and I'm going to go after it. Don't go. Don't have the wrong motive. Yeah. See, the, the motives of the heart and the motives of the conscience, and we'll get into scripture here in a second. The motives of the conscience are really what's at war here. Who is right? Those that have an upright heart. And I'll read you 2 Samuel 22 here in a second. I read it to someone this morning, and it's just it's beautiful and it's perfect for these times. Right. And, and so the, the whole idea of talking about conscience or the whole idea of what the church is supposed to do. Scripture is pretty clear about what the church is supposed to do. Guys, back in the Old Testament, there was a lot of different diseases. Yeah. But the in- synagogue stayed open, including leprosy. And that's something that, that we got to look at as well as the history of what the church is doing. Uh, or the church has done, I should say. And even the Old Testament, you look at lepers. Well, they were they had to separate themselves and consider themselves unclean. That's true. But if there was an outbreak of leprosy, the synagogue didn't close. They, they still cared for the people, but they were wise about what they did. Now, fast forward to Rome, when plagues were breaking out, the church were the only ones who were running in to take care of the sick and needy. Everybody else was scattering and spreading and trying to get away from the plagues. It was the church who was running towards it. And you look at the Black Plague, even during the Dark Ages, like the church were the ones who were trying to take care of the situation, do what they could. Throughout history, Christians have felt that their call is to go into the battle. When there's pandemic, when there's famine, whatever's going on, Christians always tend to feel the call of going in. Now is no different. But what we're being told is the government has told you separate yourself out, isolate yourself, just get yourself alone. And I can't help but see that and say, boy, there's something dangerous about that. There's something dangerous about telling Christians don't meet, don't congregate. That's right. Don't find community. Don't worship God together. Each of you just worship That's in your right. own home. A hundred percent right, dude. And it's funny because a friend of mine, Andrew, just commented on the live. I love this live stuff, dude. This is great. <laughs> Micah <laughs> Kelly just said, let's go. Boom. You know, Sue Trombino said she's in agreement. Thank you, Sue. Uh, she's amazing. Guys, check her stuff out. Uh, Women Impacting the Nation. She's an amazing lady. Does a lot of cool things. But my buddy Andrew from uh, Minnesota, he said this. He said, are Christians or people forgetting that we are not in control? It's not like God is surprised at all by COVID-19. Exactly. He's exactly right. This isn't anything new. So why are we shocked by what happened? Yeah. We shouldn't have been like, oh, my gosh, what do we do? There's nothing new under the sun. As a matter of fact, 
you know, people are saying we lost jobs, but dude, Grubhub just like popped in, in job. <laughs> I think it was Walmart that, or Facebook that's that's giving out a bunch of grants right now for small business. Uh, um, Walmart hired 100,000 new employees, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So there's a lot of things happening on the other side that we're not seeing from the media. And you know what the problem is? Most people that are saying, oh, my gosh, what's going on, are the same people that will tell you and, and, and when, when it's all normal. I don't believe the media. I don't trust the media. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what's the problem. If you read scripture, this happens. This kind of stuff happens all the time. When you read scripture, there's always deception going on. There's just always a deception. Uh, my buddy Paul and I am. If he's ever watching this, Paul Garner. Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. I don't even know if he's on right now, but dude, he 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 started saying this because both him and I agree with government. We live skeptically. I just live skeptically. I don't care who's in office. You know, I don't care what's going on. There's always something that someone benefits from, and mm -hmm. it it just frustrates me. Right now, I'm also learning to take things step by step. Do I believe Trump is perfect? Nope. Do I believe Obama is perfect? No. You know, Sanders don't agree with anything he said. I agree with his positions and the fact that people are broke and poor and we need to help them, but I don't agree with his solutions, just to let just to make that clear. Also, yeah. I do think his election got robbed. Just saying, I do. Yep. Right? Because that's exactly what happens. They want to keep you in tandem between the Democrat and the Republican. Notice the fight that's going on today. It's nothing to do with the church. It has everything to do with how much money can we spend? Who's going to make it right? It's all against President Trump. The Republicans are coming against the Democrats, and the church is sitting here going, oh my gosh, we better keep our people safe. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what about, hey, why aren't we out there in the forefront right now doing what we're called to do as the church? Whatever that is. You want to close the doors? Praise God. What are we doing on the other side to go help? I noticed there's some churches in town that are helping out the firefighters. They're helping out the nurses, right? All these other things. There's people that are on the outside right now making masks by hand yeah. just to give to the nurses and face masks and shields and things like that. That's what we should be focusing on right now. If you're going to close your doors, well, then shoot, we need to get active, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing is, even if the doors are closed, you can still be doing something. And once again, we're going to reiterate, we're okay if you've decided that God has called you to close. Heck yeah. And I, I find it's kind of one-sided where the churches that close, the churches that stay open say, that's your Our calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's your calling. That's what you're called to. But there seems to be a lot more guns that are pointed at the churches who stay open, which tends to be a play it safe. Yeah, it is right. a play it safe mechanism, and it's wrong. And so let's just kind of delve into this a little bit. Um, I'm going to read you some scripture here because I'm turning around looking at my screen because there's a hundred other screens going on right now. Um, you know, th there's this whole thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3. When you look at Daniel 3, it talks about, and, and uh, our, our pastor did a, an online service about this, uh, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had every... I don't know. I don't want to say advantage, but basically they mm -hmm. served and loved God. They were upright before the Lord and all these things. And Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. And, you know, the whole story is it was huge and all these other things. Makes a decree, right? Makes a decree before the people. It says, uh, uh, where is that? Therefore, at the time when the people heard the sound of the horn, this is verse 7, and the, bab the bagpipes, the psaltery, all kinds of music, all the peoples and nations and men of every language fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So in other words, there was this thing that the king said, you're going to worship our gods, no matter what, right? And if you don't, the penalty of death was there. Now, this is where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego forewent that. Uh, here's, here's, uh, for this reason, it says, verse 8, certain of the Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They responded and said, Nebuchadnezzar the king, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn and all these other things, all kinds of music, is to fall down and worship the image. But whoever does not uh, shall be cast in the midst of the furnace and the blazing fire. There are certain Jews among whom you've appointed over the administration 
of the province of Babylon. Just listen to that. The, the Christians or those that, the, the, the God's kids were over part of the government. And so the king is saying, you know what? If you're a part of my league, you got to do what I do or you got to do what I say. And I think that's where we're getting confused here. Did you know that the church, this whole thing, I believe, is true. Separation of church and state. Get the government out of the church's business so that it could do what it's supposed to do. And what I believe in, I, I had someone ask me, a, a friend of mine named Laura, I went to high school with her. She had asked me, what's your solution? Guys, this may sound dangerous to you. This may sound crazy to you. You know what my solution is? And you know what my solution is? One, two, three. It's the L word. I'll do it again. One, Wait, two. Sorry. What's the solution to all of these problems going on? The L word. The one oh, that maybe. we talk about. Yeah, you know you're what I'm talking about? You're putting me on. Okay. Right? One, two, three. Liberty. liberty. We love liberty. Liberty is the answer. You know what? People need to choose what is best for them. Now, that is not the same thing as abortion, taking of life, right? It is me choosing my own health care. As a matter of fact, South Dakota's governor said right now the people are in charge of their own health care. The bottom line is people need to choose what is right for them. If there's a pandemic, listen, I have just as much an opportunity. I forgot to pull up the numbers. I can get killed in a car wreck with this kind of statistics going yeah. on. I can get killed. Leave, you know what? After all this is done, we should just close our doors because, man, people getting sick all the time and... You know, we could die from, 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 and, and people are like, oh, that's just far-fetched. Getting the corona is not far-fetched? Yeah, and it sets a precedent, right? So once they've, they've figured out that they can actually shut the church doors for something like this, anything goes. Anytime there's a crisis or, or outbreak of something or an insurrection or a rebellion or whatever, Oh, the churches need to close. They need to just shut their doors. It creates precedent. That's right. Um, I want to use uh, something from Daniel as well. And th I think this really speaks to this. So at the time, it was King Darius. And there were some high ups who didn't like Daniel. And they wanted to get rid of him, but they couldn't find any fault with him. So they decided to consult together. And then they went to the king and said that he should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Yep. Now, put that in today's terms. I guarantee there are a lot of Christians who will look at that and say, well, Dude, just pray silently on. for 30 days. Just, just pray silently and you won't have to worry about it. This is Daniel's response. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Right. Then they approached <laughs> and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. That's right. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days to be cast in a lion's den? The king replied, the statement is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they answered and spoke before the king. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, king, or to the injunction you signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. We're there. That's right. We're there. In a sense. In, in, a, sense. A, in a sense. In a sense. Because yes. they're not taking away. And this is where people are trying to like divide the line with me and with Mike is this. What they're trying to say is that, well, they're not taking away our right to preach. They're just telling us not to congregate is what they're basically saying, which 
It's funny how they're taking the lines away, are drawn, right? They're taking away your First Amendment right to peaceably assemble, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. And they're telling you you can't do it. I'm telling you guys, you guys can call me nuts, and I know you will. It's okay. I've been called worse. Uh, you know, but th- this is two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. They now know that if we just call a pandemic, the churches are going to shut down for the most part. Now, again, that's not, I'm not saying that that's bad, but was it your choice or were you listening to government is the question. Was that your choice in saying, man, my calling dictates that, you know, I, I shut the doors or was it the government telling you, oh my gosh, there's fear right now. Shut your doors. No. That's the real question here. Right. And when it comes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get thrown into the furnace, right? And a fourth man shows up, and we were singing this song this morning. I played worship because, uh, you know, we, we had we had live worship this morning, online worship. And uh, so we, I'm playing worship, and we're playing the song, Another in the Fire. And I keep thinking about, wow, you know, why is it that we can sing these songs? I'm getting tired of singing songs that I can't put action to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm sick of singing songs that don't, they're just words to people yeah. and it feels good to sing these songs and it pumps you up. But when it comes to actually putting your feet down and doing it is where you get hung up. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is called faith. You're crossing the line to walk into a new type of ministry for yourself. And that's the time where you're going to decide, man, am I going too far here? Can't I just listen to the king and just do his little prayer? I'm not violating anything. Or like you said, I could stay silent. I could just pray in my little corner by myself. But that is not what he's calling you to do. He may be calling you to stand. He may be calling you to be the one to stop what's going on in these states. He may be calling you uh, to be a pastor now. To say, you know what? I really do want to open my doors in a time of pandemic. Do you know why? Because the hospitals didn't close. Why did the church close? Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Come ooh. on. Which, which Again, is more important, right? Going back Keep to going. the original, these are my opinions, okay? You can take them how you want to, but why not close? Why close the church and not the hospitals? Because the hospitals heal people, don't they? So does God. Yeah. So does God. And I've seen him do it. He's healed me when I was 13 years old from seizures. He healed me from a back issue two years ago. I mean, my God is real. And not only is he real, he provides for his kids. And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, can you put an amen in these comments? Because it's getting real right now. I am sick and tired of singing songs that don't matter, that are just words to people. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either on or it's not. Now, there are some of you who say, you know what? I do care about my people, and I really, really want to be a part of something. Good. Keep the doors closed, because I understand you probably got a lot of elderly or whatever. Great, Mm -hmm. right? Do not substitute the gathering for an online gathering, because Daniel didn't have an opportunity to go online. No. Neither did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Neither did David. Neither did Moses. They didn't have that opportunity. And you know what happened when Moses left to go study? To go get the Ten Commandments from the mountain, they went and asked Aaron. They found a secondary way to try to fulfill their passions, and that's exactly what happens. Ooh. Let's close the doors of the church. Come on. Ooh. And let's go to the hospital because the hospital will fix us faster. Come on. Yeah. And to go along with that. So we've been talking about the spiritual importance of standing up. And a lot of people will say, well, but this is going on, and we really just need to take care of this first. I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that. Which is more important? Is it Christ and who he is and what he stands for? Or is it 
the, the getting along for the physical need, right? Christ tells us himself that we shouldn't worry about things that the, the Gentiles worry about. Food, clothing, right? Where all that's going to come from. Do first the kingdom of God, right? So the biggest thing with that is, are you walking in peace? And Massey exactly. and I were talking about Dude, this last go night. Go on that, would you? So, so this, okay, first off, this, <laughs> this was blow away last night. Like, you convicted me so much last night that I talked to Carrie about it today. It's like, you know what? I need to go to prayer here because you exposed some stuff in me last night that was so good for me, dude. Thank you for being a friend because, dude, it was hard what you said, but it was real what you said. I appreciate Amen. that, man. Um, and the idea that I was going with Massey last night was, are you walking in peace and contentment? Now, when we look at Paul, we look at somebody who was walking in peace and contentment all his life in terms of spreading the gospel. Once he was saved by Christ, he was walking in peace and contentment. Mind you, he got shipwrecked. He got beaten. He was left for dead. Come he on, was stoned. Dude. He was starving. He was left in prison. He was left in shackles. This guy lived a life of peace and contentment so much that he was in the inner prison and he was singing praise and worship while being locked in the stocks. The reason I point this out is no matter the time of instability, the fear, the pan pandemonium, the pandemic, whatever's going on, war, rebellion, you can walk with peace and contentment. And the reason you can is because when you walk with Christ and you walk with his love, fear is cast out. Come on, Peter dude. tells us perfect love casts out all Come fear. On, dude. So as you grow in love with Christ, your fear diminishes. All of a sudden, you can run into the plague, run into the lepers. You can run into the war zone that you need to go into, that you feel called to. Amen, dude. And you separate yourself from the world in the sense that you understand you may lose things. You may lose your life. You may suffer. You may lose family members. But that's okay because you love Christ that's more exactly than right. any of those things. Right. That's the biggest thing is yep. you have to love Christ more than any of those things. Come on, dude. You should hate your brother and sister in comparison. Now, Christ isn't telling us hate your brother and sister. <laughs> He's saying you should love me so much more that really it's like you hate them in comparison. That's vital because what it means is you're following him at all costs. Yep. And then when you walk in that, that love— you're going to walk in peace and contentment because you trust him completely Amen, no matter dude. what happens. Come on, man. And so we're not trying to tell people what to do, what not to do, okay? No. God will bless the conscience that you have. If you feel convicted by the Spirit of God to keep your doors open, praise the Lord. That's mm -hmm. what you feel. And you're going to come up to, against this question, but doesn't the government have the authority to do this? Nobody has been able to point out to me as a constitutional statute, an amendment or anything like that that gives the authority for the government to shut down like this. Yeah. Now, again, the question is, what would you do? You know, we've been doing this for a while, guys. We've got technology that is so amazing. And people are like, oh, we can't fight biological warfare. You know, I'm, firm, I'm a firm believer, man, that you, you speak what you think, man. Yeah. And you know what? I believe we do. And what a better time to call on the God of heaven now. Amen. Dude, I've seen nothing but miracles. We prayed for a guy once. Can I just give you some testimony before we continue? Uh, my wife and I, I think she's watching right now. My wife and I uh, were outside of a store in Minnesota, a gas station, a holiday gas station. And uh, it was probably about 7 at night, 7.30 at night. And um, boy, this one's a hard one to get through. I remember... Uh, I remember it was dark outside, and you know, like those orange street lights. 
and there was like a Jeep uh, right right next to us. And, and this lady came up and said, hey, are you guys um, are you guys Christians? And I said, yeah, yeah, totally. And she said, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, do you guys believe in healing or something like that? I can't remember how she asked it. We said, yeah, we'd love to pray. Like, what's going on? She said, my son is terminally ill of cancer. And, and if you would have seen, I have never seen, you know, when my kids fall down off their bike, you know how like your face freaks out? You're just, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like when a kid gets hurt, it's like sometimes, you know, when they scratch your knee, of course, a dad's like, you know, just throw some spit on it. It's all good. But this was different. The, the, the mom was very distraught. I can't explain it. And her husband was there. And, uh, I remember, I don't remember what her and I prayed, my wife and I. But we prayed down heaven. That's all I remember. Mm. She went home, and I'm like, dude, we were totally here for this lady. I think it was like two years later, maybe a year and a half later. So that was in Minnesota. I was in Wisconsin at another holiday gas station. And this gentleman walks up to me with a huge smile on my on his face. And I, I'd been doing these fundraisers for a while, so I kind of see a ton of people. And He said, hey, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no, sir, I'm sorry, man. I see a 1,000 people a day, it seems like. And he said to me, um, you, you prayed for, jeez, uh, dude. Um, he said, you prayed for our son. He was terminally ill of cancer. Do you remember that? It was like at night. And I said, oh, my gosh, yes. Like, what happened? I asked him. I remember he said he was completely healed that night. He got up and walked. <laughs> and um, I, I had never experienced that kind of power before until that time. Never. But when you taste that stuff, mm -hmm. you just want to keep laying hands on people, yep. dude. You want to see people get up out of wheelchairs, man. You want to see people healed of diseases. You want to see people healed of impediments. You want to see people healed of internal stuff. You want to see people inner healed in their, in their soul. You want to see uh, the iniquities gone and, and chains broken and all these things because you believe in the power of the living God. You believe in the risen power of Christ, that he's real. And that, you know what, if he did it back then, he can do it again. Dude, listen, Hebrews 11 is so real. And yes, I'm getting animated. I'm not mad at all. I'm getting emboldened <laughs> because this excited. is awesome. Dude, Hebrews 11, they subdued nations. David went in and conquered a giant. And that same spirit of God is within you that Jesus, Paul would stand in front of a king, hear it and say, no, it's not you. The authority is in Christ. That's not rebellion, folks. That's showing proper authority because Romans 13 says that God delegates the authorities. The authorities don't delegate God. Amen. The authorities don't delegate who God is. He delegates the authority. So therefore, who is the authority submissive to? God. Because they're ministers of God to thee for good, it says in Romans 13. Please don't confuse that and quit using this as a battering ram against the church that wants to be obedient because they want to obey, because they want to stand up for truth, because they want to go out on street corners and preach the gospel, because they want to go start little ministries that will help ladies and women and children, because they want to go start crazy ministries in Africa, knowing that they may not get any support, but they're going to go do it anyways because there's so many people that have never heard the gospel of Christ. They want to go into places like China right now to go lay hands on people and heal them. What is wrong with that? You know what's awesome about that? They believe they're God. And you know what's so funny, guys? Listen to me. You may fall flat on your face. You may fall flat on your face, but so what? What if you don't fall flat on your face? What if you see another feeding of the 5,000? What if you see people healed of uh, diseases and leprosy? What if you see like Peter uh, Peter and James did? When, was it James when he said, silver and gold have I, have I none, but what I have I'll give to you. Rise up and walk. And you see them walk. What happens when you don't do anything? Nothing. 
So you may fall flat on your face, but you know what I love about the Lord? Is that one day we're going to stand before our God, bro. We're going to stand before God. And you know what he's going to say? Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant, not successful. This has nothing to do with how many people you heal, how many souls you save, or none of that stuff. It's the fact that you were faithful to do what he had called you to do. And that's all that matters to God. Not that you had successes, but that you were faithful to the word that he gave to you. Only you and individually you. If you're called to be a part of a church, do your best to submit to that authority and be a life there. Be an asset there. If you're called to have your own parachurch ministry, then do it with all your heart. I do recommend you, look, you connect with a local church and you get a part of a community because the, we started getting blessed when that happened to yeah. us. Not that we decided not to do that. We just couldn't plug in someplace. We finally found a place now where, I, where I'm the associate pastor of. But guys, when you do what God has called you to do in your heart, if you're a family man and you're a husband and that's what you feel you're called to do in this season, you do it with all your heart. You come home and invest in your kids. You come home and tell your wife how much you love her and appreciate her, and you do for her as Christ has done for you. You do those things because that's what God has called you to do. Women, same thing, wives. Admonish your husband. Give your husband the respect he needs to go carry on his duties because these are different times right now, and he's going to need that. And last night, I kind of want to go on this trail because you started on this trail. Last night, we were talking about purpose. And a lot of times people go, well, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my calling is. And especially in times of instability, a lot of people get caught on their heels where they don't know what to do. They're like, I feel turmoil, but I'm not sure what to do with this. Right. When you increase in love for Christ, you will find your purpose. Come on, dude. When you walk in faith with Christ... You will find your purpose. And a lot of people say, well, but I love Christ, but I have faith in Christ. No, what I'm saying is, could your purpose already be there, but because you haven't increased your love enough with Christ, you're still looking for some other purpose. Now, if you're a father who is called to go home and spend time with your children and to earn daily bread for your family and to preach to your family and raise them up as a bride for Christ, maybe that's your calling. And the Amen. more you walk with Christ and the deeper you go with him and the more you trust him in terms of miracles and what he can do day in, day out, the more you're going to see him act. Amen. And the more your purpose is going to be elevated. <laughs> dude. You can't outrun you, you, you your can't. faith. Dude, like, you know, this whole th dude, come on, listen to that. You know how preachers today are like, man, you can't outrun God. You can't outrun God. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. You just keep giving. What about your faith? You can't outfaith God. No. No. You can't outdo him. What if all he's looking for is an obedient vessel, man? What if? What if? What if? You know, I talked about this with him. Gosh, dude, this is this is a good one. <laughs> Because when I get like this, I'm like, Lord, I'm in this one with you. I, yeah. I just want to track with you. I want to give people hope and power and faith, man, that they could do it. You know what I mean? And, and, and if you think about it, was it John Bunyan? He went to jail for preaching without a license. <laughs> he went to jail. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress. He should have listened to the government. Should he have? And that's not, that's, I mean, the point is he kept preaching because he had to. Yeah. He, it was in him to Paul said, to. Paul said, I'm a slave to Christ. I'm Amen. a bondservant of his. Amen. I can't do anything except him telling me what to do. That's all I have left, right? Martin Luther King goes to jail, writes letters from a Birmingham jail. You guys should check it out sometime. It's like, 
What if those times are significant for you to find nothing but him? I'm not Ooh. saying go to jail. What I'm saying is if you're obedient, these things may happen. As a matter of fact, Andrew just uh, put on here, Andrew Kolar's Matthew 10, 22, which I know what he's saying, but read the few verses before that, Andrew. Thank you for this because I'm going to read it. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how what or what you shall say, for it will be given to you in that same hour what you will say. For it's not that ye speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. And the brother shall deliver brother to death, and the father the child, and the, and, and, and the children shall rise up against their parents, cause them to be put to death. And you should be hated for all men for my namesake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. Praise God. You have to endure, right? Now, if you feel like you failed God in this area, welcome to the stinking club, because I feel like I did mm -hmm. it last night. Okay? I'm not saying this because I'm full of righteousness in my own self. I'm saying this that, you know what? We're going to keep screwing up here. We're trying to figure out this faith walk together. But one thing I'm sure of, and the only thing I can speak of is my testimony and my wife's testimony. And we have seen nothing but miracle after miracle after miracle in self-evident ministry. That's all we've seen. Dude, from opening up public school doors. Guys, listen to me. Public school doors where people said you couldn't go to public schools. He's opened them up for us. Going into college campuses to listen to a chubby Mexican kid talk about God. And, his, and how this America was founded. God has opened doors. When we lost everything three years ago in a, in, a, in a windstorm in Kansas, God supernaturally provides for us. He didn't have to do that, but you know what? He delights in it. He delights in seeing you hide behind him so he can show himself strong to those who want to take him at his word. And that's the faith we all need to have. Listen, you can still be you, but what if God is calling you higher than this? What if God is calling you deeper than this? Listen to me. For the next three days, I challenge everyone watching this. We're going to be fasting and praying as a church. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to do the same thing starting tonight, that you fast and pray with us. That Number one, we see this curse and this demon get off our land. And I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about fear. Mm -hmm. I'm not Amen. talking about the virus. Fear. Amen. That that stuff is gone and that we see the path clear before us. Jared gave that word earlier today. Guys, we can do this. But again, and people think, man, but the, everything's against us. Everything's against us, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know, the media is against us, politicians. But I just... Thomas Jefferson said it, man. One God with... One, one man with God is a majority. Is a majority, exactly. <laughs> Give me exactly give, what I was saying. I can't remember the preacher. I, w I don't know if it was Hudson Taylor or, but he said, "Give me one hundred ministers, who hate nothing but sin and love nothing but God." He said, "I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen; they alone will shake the gates of hell and bring the kingdom of heaven on earth." Yeah, <laughs> dude, man, <laughs> and dude, and the dude, the come on, you know. The beauty of this situation is when you've got. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. I'm, I'm learning this, man. I'm learning this. <laughs> That's all right. I'm keeping on you. Um, the beauty of the situation is what you've got is you've got everybody. And I was telling, I've been telling everybody this. So if you've heard it, you're going to hear it again. This situation is taking the mask off everything because our lives have been so illusionary. We've been so stable and comfortable for so long in America that now suddenly a hiccup comes and a lot of people are off off footing they're off kilter the beauty of this situation is you're finally starting to take a catalog of what life is really about 
and you're starting to question and wonder like, am I really provided for? Am I really safe? What do I put my trust in? Because the government doesn't seem to be acting very strongly. The Amen. hospital system's getting <laughs> overrun. The supply Dude. chains are starting to run out. I, I see a pandemic coming and I can't stop it because it's a silent, quiet, That's, invisible dude, enemy. Right. This right. is the time for you to take an accounting of what your faith is. A hundred percent, dude. It's beautiful because what I love is people are actually opening up. You know, I, I saw spol spoles, polls, <laughs> polls and studies, yes, polls, um, showing that more and more Americans are praying right now including people who consider themselves atheists, non-religious, agnostic. The numbers are going up. Why is that? Because people aren't sure and they're seeing that the authorities that are over them can't seem to handle the situation. And nothing makes a man pray faster than when nobody else seems to be able to save it. Right, right, right. And I, and I kind of want to keep going on here with some of these comments. These are great. Um, people saying, amen, preach. I mean, uh, greater things shall you do. That's right, Ryan. Greater things shall we do than he did because he goes to the Father. He came and gave us the Holy Spirit for that reason. Not just to be good Christians, but to overcome sin, the power of sin, to overcome death, the flesh. Not that we won't mess up, but we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're, overcome, we're, we're not overcome by its power. Amen? And so how much more did he die for us and resurrect for us to be healed, to be delivered, to be you know, saved to, to, to be righteous, to be with him, to call upon him. And he said, I'll show you great and mighty things, which you don't even know. Right. I mean, think about that call on him. You convicted me with that, dude. Sometimes I got it. Let's let me be a little transparent with you. I fear sometimes what God's called me to do because I've read old ministers and, and, and testimonies in the gospel. And uh, my, my sister's on here, sweetheart. I got to read your quote because you're amazing. And, and it was, it was very encouraging and I'll read it in a second, but I struggle with a fear of the unknown sometimes. Like, man, am I going to die early? Well, then why'd you give me a family, Lord? And we were talking about this last night. Can I, I'm just going to be open and transparent because I love doing that because I'm going to show you that, man, we're human and we're going through this, mm -hmm. but I still believe in my God, right? And I was struggling with, man, I feel like I'm going to die early. Mike's kind of done the same thing. I, we just ask our, us, ourselves these questions and why this and why that? And Lord, I don't want to do it that way. And someone came and said to me, it, you know, something awesome and amazing. And I'm like, no, but I like where I'm at here. Like, God, you brought me here. Why, why are you going to move me on? And Mike really put it to me, basically saying to me, you can't control the future anyway. So what are you worried about? Leave it in God's hands. Cause he'll do it better than you anyway. Listen to me, guys. It doesn't matter. We're not supposed to give thought about tomorrow. The Bible says sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Amen. I'm not supposed to be worried. I'm supposed to cast my cares upon the Lord. I hope this is ministering to somebody. I'm supposed to cast my cares upon the Lord because he cares for us most affectionately, the Bible says. That I'm supposed to set my affection on things above. Listen to that. It says set my affection on things above, not affections. That means everything within me has to be set above in Colossians. Where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God, it says in the word. That's where we need to be at as Christians. Now, we can talk about constitutionality next time we get on a live, but... Right now, what we're doing is church, where are we supposed to be? And if we knew our constitution and our state constitutions and all this stuff, you know, most of these state constitutions, you know, what the first person they acknowledge in their state constitutions is <laughs> almighty God mm -hmm. for what the blessings of freedom and liberty. Look it up in your state constitution once and tell me I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, we have it here in Florida, too. So if we're asking God for the blessings of liberty and freedom, why are we allowing a government to tell us what our liberties are? Yeah, just doesn't make sense to me. Don't live in fear. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. Andrew just said, imagine if the people gave Christ as much credit for life as the ooh, <laughs> as they give COVID-19 credit for death. Dude, ooh. 
buddy. Oh, Don uh, Don Rudolph said Hebrews twelve ten. Amen, dude. They they disciplined us for a little while uh, as though they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share be partakers. It says in the New King James of His holiness. Amen. I got to read you this. My 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 sister um, commented, and I don't know. Did she? Yes, here it is. She said this might not even make sense or irrelevant with what you're saying, but. I think God is testing our faith to see what we are actually going to do. Preaching, pray without ceasing, fasting, praise, and worship, even if it's by <laughs> ourselves or letting time go by. You know, it's, Amen to that. that's beautiful and encouraging, man. S- sweetheart, that's awesome. Praise God, man. Like, that gives me faith, man. Uh, Lisa said, thank you so much. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, that's me. I commented something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Amen. Jenna said, obedient vessels. Um Amen. Uh, Carol Hayes, how are you? How are you guys doing? Jenna. Yep. Uh, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is king. Amen. Uh, oh, it's John Wesley. Thank you, John. This guy's a pastor locally here. John, you guys got to check him out. And I don't want to say last names because, you know, people freak out and stupid. But he, he said it was John Wesley. Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. I care not uh, a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set the kingdom of heaven on earth. It's exactly right. Think about Christ used 12 men to completely change the world. Yeah. Right? Dude, that's an axe. He turned he turned the world upside down. Dude, and we we say this a lot. I say this in all my classes. You know at the end of in the, at the end of the book of John, it says that not even all the books in the world could contain the miracles he did. Yep. Can you imagine how many miracles and he said greater works shall you do? And I need I need to deny myself really. You know what it is here guys? Can I be blunt? We need to deny ourselves. That's really where this is at. We just deny ourselves and do what he's called us to do. And that requires us. Now, a lot of people are preaching. And cause can you add to this, this point here? And, and you can go into your thing. Yeah. But we're talking about uh, a lot of people are saying repentance, repentance, repent, we need to repent, 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 repent. True. Then what? <laughs> you, know yes. what I mean? you know what I mean? Yes. No, thank add you for that. saying that because th- we don't seem to get past the repentance stage. It tends to always be, we need to repent, we need to cover ourselves in sackcloth and ashes and fast and cry out to God about our repentance. True. Absolutely true. But Massey's right. What's the next step? It's not just repent. You return to God and you start walking with him and going the other direction, right? Truth. The, the word repentance, that idea, it's not just Oh, I'm sorry for what I've done. It's changing direction and going the opposite way. So if you're repenting of your sin in the way that you've been yep. walking, you yep. go the opposite direction. Yep. So if you're walking away from God and you're living your life for yourself, repentance would mean turning around and following Christ. Amen, dude. Amen. Think about this, too. When Nehemiah, and I'm doing a study on this because Nehemiah rebuked the governors and the government mm-hmm. for, for, yeah. for extorting the people, kind of what we're seeing in America. And God delivered it, man. It's awesome. But there's this point where Nehemiah goes to the Lord, and he's sad, and he sees he needs to. Re- but they've already repented. They were already in in bondage. They they sat and repented. So what's Nehemiah's job? To go back to the city and repent, or go back and build a wall? Yeah. Right. He went and built the wall, and he taught the other people in the city to build the wall, and he had the Oof. favor of the king to do so. So you see, all that repentance led to, okay, Lord, now what? He goes to the king and says, King, I must do this. And the king gives him provisions to do it. So it's not just repentance that we need because that's true. But you know what, dude? I live in this world of, like, I want to live in this world of repentance. That should be commonplace Mm -hmm. here. I don't, I'm not committing abortion. 
You know what I mean? I'm not committing atrocities against the church or people. I'm not killing people and hurting people. I'm repentant of that stuff. Now you need to know what your calling is so that you can fulfill that and see what God's going to move you to next, man, and see yeah. the power of God move. Guys, I'm telling you, man, there's so many scriptures and so many books about business and how to run your church and all these other things, but what about government? And there's chapter after chapter about how Moses set up and established governments, 1 Peter 2, Titus 3, 1 Kings 18, all these things, you know, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2 Chronicles uh, 18 and 1 Chronicles 18, all these things that that we see that are in scripture and we don't talk about it. We need to. And to those of you that say, you know, government's not the place of the church. Look what just happened. Mm -hmm. If you don't get involved, man, they'll involve you one day. I promise you that. Yeah. I promise you and that. And on their terms, not yours. Bingo on your terms. And so really what we want to say through this, cause it's already been 49 minutes. <laughs> so, or 48 minutes or something like that. Listen, there's so much going on right now. This week, we're going to be promoting some really cool things. I'm going to give you some teasers later on this week. I'm probably going to go on a couple times just live if I got some thoughts for about 10 minutes. But I love this. Do you guys like the live forum? Because this, I love this. I, this is much better than it is doing much, it. It is much, isn't it, dude? Because <laughs> we're not, like, we have to be in it. You know yeah. what I mean? I love this. And if you guys could comment too, amen, Don, this too shall pass. If you guys can comment down below what you guys want us to talk about, whether it's constitutional, biblical, whatever it is. No matter what, you guys want to know stuff about us, let us know, man. I'll tell you every secret, fault, whatever. I'm pretty much an open book. I don't have much to hide except my weight. <laughs> I will never tell you how much I weigh. But I will More than 100. Yeah, come on, man. Dang. <laughs> I'm sorry. In between shoot. zero and 1,000. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but, hey, so what we wanted to say is thank you so much for tuning in, guys, uh, to Self-Evident Podcast. You guys can go on to theselfevidenttruth.com. I'll provide the link below here theselfevidenttruth.com if you guys want to help and support us please do that we also got some new stuff coming out this week you're going to be excited about what's coming out uh, uh some brand new merch and some curriculums and <laughs> i'm excited because at the beginning of may we'll have a, a book ready for all this but all this stuff is preparing us for the future because i don't want to keep traveling and speaking i just want people to get this information and start their own ministries that's really where i feel i can teach and i'll still go out and travel and do what i do but I just really want people to get this and go out there and defeat the enemy because they mm -hmm. can. They're yeah. just men, folks. They're not God. They're just men. God is God, and he's more powerful than this. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do because Don's right. This too shall pass. We're going to get over that. So what next? What are we going to do in its place? All these things and these atrocities we've seen, what can we do to prevent this next time? That's really yep. the question, right? Yep. So you got Massey and you got Mike. <laughs> from self-evident podcast you guys god bless you and we'll see you very very soon all right love you guys